This episode is brought to you by me pulling my head out of my spiritual ass. Because this week, I experienced an ego death so big, so large, that it literally felt cosmic. So if this episode sounds a little different, a little abrasive, maybe more direct, this is why. An ego death is scary. It's the type of thing that can and will keep you up at night. You all know and I know by now that my podcast and this space here is an expression of myself, of my life experiences, of my inner world. And I went through a major shift recently. And so now I've been looking at my ego in a new way. This shift has been so riveting and honestly exhausting that I didn't even think I would be able to talk about it, especially so soon. I know that part of the journey and part of what I experienced needed to be expressed. So here we are. It also was a really big transit astrologically. There have been a lot of transits within the planets and the stars. And there was a full moon in Aquarius. Tension was high and a lot of things that were brushed over and, you know, sort of brushed under the rug started to resurface. And I felt it. As we change, as our views change and our circumstances and our environment changes, our ego changes and evolves and adapts with us. As a human being, I'm not sure that it's possible to live without an ego. And I know this is controversial in the spiritual community, but from what I've experienced and from my point of view, you can't completely get rid of your ego. Or maybe you can, and maybe I'm just not there yet. From what I understand now, you can never fully live without an ego. As I became more involved in my spiritual journey and more aware, I began to educate myself on the ego. I read A Course in Miracles on a regular basis, and if you don't know what that is, it's basically a spiritual text. It teaches you how to go about the ego and how to experience this ego death over and over again. Every time I read A Course in Miracles, I feel as though I chip away at my ego. But the ego is a fickle thing. Like I said before, it adapts. Now, I love a good metaphor, a good analogy, a good visual. So, of course, I'd like to bring one in to help us understand what the ego is to us, what it really means. So, imagine that your ego is like a virus. Think about how every year we are faced with flu season, or most recently with COVID, and we have vaccines, we have a flu shot, we have the COVID vaccine, and yet you're vaccinated, but you can still get sick. And every year the flu shot has to change because the virus adapts to the medicine that we use. So when you think about it like that, and you think of your ego like a virus, think of the ways that the ego adapts to your mind. It adapts to the person you become, and it feeds you different lies. Viruses will adapt to the vaccine, and it knows how to attack you differently so that it can still infiltrate, and so it still leaves us vulnerable, which is why I equate the ego to a virus. 
Just because you fought it once doesn't mean you'll never have to fight it again. And it has the power to sneak up on you. You let your guard down and you think that you've mastered controlling or starving your ego so you don't check up on yourself as often. And then the thoughts creep back in. They might look different because the ego has adapted to you. But suddenly you start showing symptoms again. Maybe anger, fear, anxiety, comparison, being closed off or becoming too attached. Or you start thinking the world is against you and now you're spiraling and you're wondering what went wrong. Because you thought you already did this, you thought you already did the work and you've mastered the ego. But you can't really master something that you keep recreating in a different way. But nothing went wrong. You're experiencing these symptoms because they need to come to the surface so you can face them. Like when you're sick, you run a fever and your body burns inside out, fighting the virus inside of you. You sweat, you're hot, you're cold, you have the chills, you're weak, but you're weak only because you're fighting as hard as you possibly can. So when you are sick, hopefully you take the time off, you rest, and you let yourself let everything out. So now when you think of your ego like a virus, when you start presenting symptoms in whatever way that they show up for you, you know to pull back. Treat yourself with whatever helps you see yourself as you and not as the version of you that your ego creates. And then you just you have yourself a lovely little ego death. Like a virus, it may be painful, and it will take time, and it will be exhausting. The truth is just that this is a reoccurring process. The ego never truly goes away. It never really dies. As a human, it's in our nature to create that voice. Even though it's not real, it's an illusion, but it's something that we constantly recreate because... It's part of life, and I think that as we go through life, we face our ego in a new way every time. But it's always in your control to choose to listen to spirit instead and recognize the ego for what it is, an illusion of the truth. It's a lie. So what I faced recently was a spiritual ego death. And quite honestly, I'm still in the works of getting and going beyond this. But now that I've recognized it and I've felt the symptoms and they've surfaced, fighting it is on the forefront of my mind. I almost feel like I should have seen it coming. But it's one of those things that seems so out of reach. Kind of like, yeah, like I've seen others go through it, but it could never happen to me. And that's how the story goes. That's how it started. Because I thought that I was untouchable for some reason. That birthed my spiritual ego. The very thought that I could be untouchable, that I could be so far removed from everything going on around me, that I thought that I wouldn't be susceptible. That's where the ego grew. It grew with me from there. 
as I started to become more aware of the world of spirituality, I think my spiritual ego started to grow an us versus them mentality. I forced this sort of awakened versus sleeping mentality and slowly over time I would just become more isolated because I felt like no one would understand. No one could possibly understand. It's so much hard work and so deep and so all-consuming that there's no way anyone else could be here. And keep in mind, that is all the ego speaking. I don't actually think this, but I started almost embracing this mentality and I would embrace it in the ways that I would act or react to things. My interactions with people, my interactions with myself. It's all really confusing, yet it's all very simple. My spiritual ego was creating a negative feedback loop and actually slowly pulling me further away from God by making me think that I had reached some sort of peak in life. It made me think that I was just untouchable. Untouchable from everything else that I thought everyone was experiencing. Kind of like a, well, I went through it. I'm done. I'm far removed now. I'm up here and you're there. Kind of like a, I don't need anyone. No one needs me. I did the work. I'm cool. I'm chilling. And then, of course, the symptoms started showing up for me. I started noticing that I was just doing it again. And by it, I mean old habits that I thought I worked through, thought I conquered. But really what I did, I, I took myself out of situations so that it would be so much easier to stay at an equilibrium instead of looking at the root cause of the problem, which was me. I thought that I had conquered something, but really I just ran away from it. And then my spiritual ego just grew from there, thinking that I had, you know, figured something out. But I didn't figure anything out. I was in a state of hiding. And then when I would be faced in situations where I actually had to put myself to the test, I had to put all of the work to the test, I would fail. And the symptoms would show up. And then suddenly I was angry. I was irritable. I was pushing people away and lying to myself, saying that, yeah, this is just who I am. This is just what happens. I'm an angry, irritable person. But that's not who I am. Everything just needed to surface. And it did. And I was a hot mess, but I'm grateful for it. And while all of this was happening, while I'm running this metaphorical ego fever, I felt really just lost and confused, and angry, and aggravated. And all of that led to me feeling sort of empty. And I just wanted to spiral. I wanted to just let myself go, and just give up, and give in to the fact that, you know, maybe I was just trying to live a lie. But what I didn't realize at the time was that I actually asked God for this. Because I'm always asking, and recently I've been asking a lot for new ways to surrender. I've been seeking new ways to surrender, or a way to truly surrender. And this was God telling me, you gotta let go of this ego. You gotta let go of this ego complex so that you can start over. 
Does it sound too easy? How can something be so hard yet so simple simultaneously? Essentially, my ego adapted to the person that I had become and the terminology that I liked to use. So that's why I call it my spiritual ego. It's just an ego, all the same, but it adapted to what I wanted to hear. So it started to tell me, you know, you're healed. It told me that I could do no wrong, that all I do is good, and everything that I do, everything I say, it's all good, it's all perfect. I'm here, and everyone else is there. My spiritual ego wants me to believe that somehow, some way, I had reached this level of like God complex. And I think when you do a certain amount of work, when you do a certain amount of spiritual work, you face this. It can be really confusing because you feel like you've reached a new level, you've unlocked something, but you are the same as everyone else. I am the same as everyone else. But my ego wants me to believe that my version of the journey is quote unquote the right one. The death of this ego reinforced the belief that you and I are not separate. The death of this ego reinforced my belief that I am greater than no one and I am lesser than no one. And we are all meant to be different and experience journeys that look different and sound different. But the feelings are the same. The outcome is the same. What we learn is the same. Our physical experiences in this world, they're all going to look different. You know, what I experience is going to be completely different than what everyone else experiences in this physical world. But essentially, it's all the same. The feeling is the same. But my spiritual ego wouldn't want me to believe that. It would want me to believe the narrative that my journey was so much bigger and so much grander than anyone else's and no one else could possibly understand if i lean into that then what is the point of all the spiritual work what is the point of the journey what is the point of all of the hard inner work that i went through because it just leads me back to the same place that place of comparison that place of thinking that there's even a chance that anyone could be better than you or be less than you there is no chance of that that's where the ego lives, but that's where the ego thrives. So even though I faced it in the past and I thought that I had conquered comparison, I thought I had conquered my ego essentially and I had overcome it, but it just started showing up in new ways. It started using different words. It started telling me different lies that it knew I would believe because we're smart beings and we create the ego. So our egos are smart. We created it. So really what happened was that God gave me a chance to start over. When you face an ego death, it's a chance to surrender. And that's really what I wanted. I wanted that chance to surrender. I mentioned A Course in Miracles earlier because it's the best text that I've personally come across when facing the ego. And there is one passage that I'd like to leave you with. You can be perceived with meaning only by the Holy Spirit. 
because your being is the knowledge of God. Any belief that you accept apart from this will obscure God's voice in you, therefore obscure God to you. Unless you perceive his creation truly, you cannot know the creator, since God and his creation are not separate. The oneness of the creator and the creation is your wholeness, your sanity, and your limitless power. This limitless power is God's gift to you because it is what you are. If you dissociate your mind from it, you are perceiving the most powerful force in the universe as if it were weak because you do not believe you are part of it. Perceived without your part in it, God's creation is seen as weak and those who see themselves as weakened attack. The attack must be blind, however, because there is nothing to attack. Therefore, they make up images, perceive them as unworthy, and attack them for their unworthiness. That is all the world of the ego is. Nothing. It has no meaning. It does not exist. Do not try to understand it, because if you do, you are believing that it can be understood and is therefore capable of being appreciated and loved. That would justify its existence, which cannot be justified. You cannot make the meaningless meaningful. Let those words sink in. That is the ego. It creates entire worlds and falsehoods for us to attack so that we can live in this state of mind. It does this so that the ego can continue to exist. All the ego is is lies, manipulation, and deceit. It makes up an image in our minds so that we have something to attack, and then the ego lives on. When you find the ego in the driver's seat of your life, do what is necessary to seek truth. God is truth. Spirit is truth. The ego is the result of you denying yourself a seat at the table. But when you co-create with God, the ego has no say. Give yourself grace. Forgive others when their ego is in the driver's seat. And forgive yourself. We all fall in and out of the ego's chokehold. We are all susceptible. And the best that we can do is support each other and treat the ego illness with love. So a big thank you to everyone in my life for sticking with me and loving me through my ego death. And show gratitude and love for all the people in your life that have stuck with you. Because it's not an easy thing to do. It's a lot easier to fight ego with ego. But the people that love you will fight your ego with love. Because they see you for who you truly are. So for all the ego deaths we have experienced and the ones we have yet to face. Let's take a deep belly breath and appreciate our awareness and give ourselves grace as we face this. So let's take a deep breath in and exhale. Thank you for being here. I love you.